David, David is a very strange man. <laughs> That's good. Uh, he's got a... He's got a, actually a very, um, he's got a gift in the prophetic that is, is risky. It often yep. causes him to spend a lot of time alone. It's not an easy gift. I say that because it's easy to just kind of just not understand what supports ministry like David's, where he just waits. He doesn't say things easily. He doesn't give away words. He doesn't, he's not a kind of traveling prophet man where you press the button and out comes a prophecy. He's, so he's very deliberate and he's very, he weighs his words. And he's been a great friend to us over the last seven years where we have come from a place of real brokenness and struggle. And he's just been there in the background and sometimes come to visit us. And it seemed very important as we began a life together as Jericho Road that one of the things, one of the gifts we had was somebody with a prophetic bent who would come and just speak into our lives and encourage us or maybe correct us. Uh, who can see from the outside. So he comes with fresh eyes and he meets with people and he's met with all the elders and, and just spends some time as a friend and then maybe speak a word in here and there like salt. And so, you know, we're, we're privileged and we're delighted because he's our brother, he's our friend, he's not a visiting preacher. He's mm. part of our team, really, on an international level. And so we're so thankful that you've come. Thanks, John. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Risky is the word. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, no, I do feel very much part of the family, and we've had a good few days. I think uh, you can ask people that are here last couple of nights. I've had a, I've had a good time, and a good time. Uh, Saturday, I particularly got really hit by the worship on Saturday morning, and felt a kind of a bit drunk in the spirit. So I hope what I said made some sort of coherent sense at some point. Anyway, I'm from London. Uh, I'm from a place called Bromley, which is about uh, 20 minutes outside the centre of London. So 20 minutes on the train and I've got Big Ben, House of Parliament, London Eye, uh, the Shard, which is the new... If you ever go to London, you have to go up the Shard. It is like a thousand feet high and the views are stunning. And they've got like the artificial grass. You can take your picnics up there and stuff. It's really cool. (coughs) He's such a heckler. (laughs) But I love being with you, apart from John. Um... (laughs) <laughs> it's so good we can be racks together, isn't it? Uh, I'm married to Anna, and Anna has a kind of dance, um, uh, sort of dance prophetic movement ministry thing. I don't quite understand it, but it's really good. And um, she does some great stuff, and so we're a bit like sound and movement, you know. So I, t- I tend to hear and see, and Anna just she expresses it in movement. So we can be in a prayer line, and we're praying for people, and she will sort of suddenly her body will do something. And then we interpret what her body is doing. Or sometimes we don't. But her, the her pastor's really cool. He, he says, oh, bring, bring Anna over. I don't know what to say. Bring Anna over. And she does this sort of movement. He says, oh, that's right. And then the person really gets touched by his presence. And one day, hopefully, she'll come out here and you can experience that. Um, and I've got a son called um, Tom. He'll be 14 in November. And uh, he's a delight, actually. Um, and he's just finishing school. So I think you guys have finished already, but he's finishing in a couple of weeks. So pray for him that um, he finishes he finishes well. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so yeah, I mean, John's kind of introduced me. Um, I guess I've got a portfolio career. I don't know if you've heard that expression, but it means you do lots of different things. So I've written some books. I, I've done quite a lot of YouTube videos, which you've probably seen in the past. I'm hoping to do some more. Um, I go on... I work with leaders who want to develop our prophetic culture but also help people to uh, walk in the supernatural in the places they are. So we see like, you know, business settings primarily. Some are direct for company. We train p- 
people to run, start and run businesses. Um, and we particularly come from the perspective of how do you integrate your faith into this place? How do you see the supernatural? How do you see the gifts of the Spirit working? And how do we really reflect Jesus in those places, not just with excellence and with good management and with a great product, hopefully, but with the presence of God and with the, uh, just the, the sense of heaven's touch on things that we do and things that we meet. And um, so that's, that's, that's another thing I do. And the other is this sort of, I, I get sort of led by the Spirit into sort of prayer journeys, really. So um, I've been doing a lot in Croatia the last few years, um, but I end up in different parts, like I was over in D.C., Washington, D.C., on the way over for three days, just praying around there. And it was just interesting the way God started to do things that... Um, uh, yeah, I won't go into all that too much. But, but there, so yeah, so I kind of, you know, people say, what do you do? It's like, well, <laughs> kind of, I'm a prophet and I do whatever the Spirit is leading me to do. Like, you know, it says about the, the wind blows where it will and so uh, I just get blown away around by the wind. So that's, uh, oh yes, excuse me, yes, I'm accountable to a team. So I have um, got a pastor who, um, our local church, so our church is called Hope Church. And uh, they're absolutely accountable to them. I've also got a wider team, a council of reference, if you like, who are some are business people, some are pastors. And then the financial accountability is, is, is like uh, yet another team, like a board, if you like. So, yeah, I'm absolutely looked after and uh, told off a lot by people, but um, that's okay. Um, and one particular individual really helped me with the kind of language, if you like, particularly going to the business world, because if you're going in with the kind of Zionistic Pentecostal language, people don't get you. So I try to speak without the, the jargon, if you like, um, <clears throat> and then just see the power. I was just saying the other day that I was with a business guy um, in New Zealand, and um, he, uh, <coughs> we were just talking about business stuff. And uh, he was having a cappuccino, and he just sort of put it to his mouth, and and then suddenly this sort of sort of whoosh, and he f- I felt it, he felt it, and I it was just like he absolutely froze to the spot, and um, he said, "What's that?" You know, through his cappuccino froth sort of thing, and I I said, "It's an angel. It's just come past me, and standing right behind you." Well, business people don't expect that sort of stuff to happen, you know. And so we were just talking about business. I wasn't even talking about God, and suddenly just suddenly God breaks in, and it's like, well. So he's terrified, and he's quite funny. I wish I'd taken a picture because he was literally frozen with a sort of cappuccino froth, you know, around his mouth. And uh, he said, "Is it come to kill me?" It's like, what a misconception. <laughs> I said, "Well, hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not, eh? <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to get messy here real quick." And uh, so I said, so "But he still wouldn't move." I said, "It's okay. You can relax. You know, just put the." And, and so he did, and, and I said, I just feel like the Lord's saying, he's got your back, he's got your back. And he hits some stuff, and he needs to know that, that message. But So seeing the sort of things which, you know, um, in all different settings, if you like. Um, I want to get into this. Now, why is the box here? I'm trying to work out how to get this actually home. Can I take this home, please? So I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this, but um, we'll have to go, go to customs and go, this is not the box you're looking for. <laughs> But heaven's armory, and I want to get into that message. But first, I've just got something on my heart just during the worship. I just wanted to say, I think it might touch some people here. Um, I was just thinking about if you were, who's heard of Joseph? You know, Joseph who saved from the famine and all this kind of stuff, Um, or was preparing um, uh, Egypt when they had that bad famine. And I just feel like um, if you're facing that famine, and you were having dinner with God, and you'd be pretty upset. You'd be scared, you'd be frightened, you'd be asking him what's going on. And he'd be looking at you and he'd go, do you know what? 
I've been working behind the scenes and there's a guy that I put my hand on years ago. I gave him a dream. You don't know because you don't see that. You don't see behind the scenes. But actually I've been at work and I've been at work all this time and he's been through a really rough ride. But he's now ready and he's going to be the one that's... And you can imagine you go, what the heck are you talking about? How can you, you know, what is that, what? And then the cross is the ultimate behind the scenes stuff. Because if you actually had a meeting between the cross and the resurrection... We've got, you sat down with din- to dinner and you, know, you said, well, that didn't work, then did it? But he's at work behind the scenes. I just feel like this is, for some of you, you just, don't, you, you just need to be encouraged that God is always at work behind the scenes. You might not even know him and he's at work behind the scenes on your behalf. And if you do know him, he's, on, he's working behind the scenes. He's doing things, he's arranging things, he's fixing, he's making things. Sometimes I get discouraged. I know if I'm the only one. And the Lord says, all you need is one phone call, one email, one contact, one divine connection, and everything can change. Everything can just change, just like that. And um, I could tell you loads of stories. If I tell you one about a guy who had a... Uh, he, he was <coughs> married, uh, they had one child, then they just had another one, and then they both lost their jobs, and it was a very bad situation for them. But he was a man of faith. And he decided that he would really ask God, you know, what shall I do, God? I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees um, himself walking down a road. He sees the name of the road. He sees like a path up to a particular number. He sees the doors blue or whatever color. Very specific. Knocks on the door. And as he knocks on the door, he just says, God sent me. And then that's it. That's the end of the dream. So he decides that he's going to look up. He's going to find the... He speaks to his... um, his pastor, and he says, look, I, this is the dream I've had. I think I need to just do it. And he said, absolutely. So he typed in the thing. He found the road. It was in the place about an hour away. He went down there. He found the, um, as he walked down the road, he saw the, the, the place exactly as he'd seen in the dream. He knocked on the door, and he said, and he's a big black guy, and he, he knocked on the door, and he said, uh, hi, God sent me. At which point, the Chinese-ish lady behind the door, uh, she just sort of almost fell back and said, you, you know, you need to come in for a, a, a cup of tea or something. Sat him down, and she said, uh, you've caused me a problem because I've had a dream, and in the dream, you have come to my door, and I know I have to give you my house. Well, that's a pretty cool behind-the-scenes thing going on, isn't it? So you don't know, you just don't know what God is up to. And I just want to really reassure people, like, it might look horrible, it might look awful, you might have things going on that you don't want to happen, you might feel like you're just not getting anywhere. Or if you don't know him yet, you might just be facing some stuff. But he is at work behind the scenes. There's always something. And the expectancy, there's something that comes when we start to expect that God will actually do something on our behalf for us. Does everyone everyone want, you know, do we want that? Do we want God to do something? Well, he is working behind the scenes. He might be taking his time. He might be arranging some things. He might be just getting some stuff in line because maybe you're not ready for some of it yet, but he's getting it in line and he's, he's connecting. He's always, uh, he's always a um, <clears throat> present past. So he's, he's always working in, the, in your past, even now, as it were, to get you into your future. And he's, he's absolutely committed to you. And uh, so anyway, that's it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Any road up. Yeah, I, I wanted to get this uh, really across. So I'm, I'm going to pretty much say some of the things I said the last couple of nights um, to just remind us again. It's really hard for us to get hold of this stuff. We don't really, um, our Western minds don't get the fact that we are wrestling with powers and principalities, 
forces of wickedness in high places, fallen angels. This is all a bit like space agey. It's a bit kind of twilight zone. It's a bit like Christians aren't supposed to think about, you know. Um, but we are. We're up against that stuff. And this scripture is one of the clearest scriptures that tells us this and tells us what to do about it. So I'm going to just um, look at it uh, in a bit more detail. But I'm also going to read out the message version because the message version is actually pretty cool. And so um, if that's okay, I'm just going to... Can someone please find the message version? <laughs> I'm glad I'm with friends. So, this is a slightly different version to the one you've heard. I like this though. A fight to the finish is what it's headed up. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials. Put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Did you know that's what you signed up to? (laughs) Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued from his armory, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your whole life. God's word is an indispensable weapon too. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard, pray long, pray for your brothers and sisters and keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Isn't that a great version? Um, So I like that, but it doesn't always necessarily talk about the... uh, I like the message in some things, some parts of it. Different versions of the Bible will have different emphasis. but the, the original talks very much about these principalities, these powers, these rulers of the darkness of the age, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. And so we are up against something that is beyond our ability to deal with without God. We see that in the news. We see that in our lives. We see that in the lives of friends. We see that in our schools. We see the things that are beyond our ability to deal with. Am I, are, we, are we right? Are we on the same page here? And he's telling because it's not about flesh and blood. It's not about the people. It's about the, it's about the structure, the demonic structure, the enemy structure, the powers of darkness structure that work behind the scenes on all this stuff. And so God lifts the veil on that, this. He says, look, this is the way, this is what's actually happening behind the scenes. You think it's because someone's being mean to you, but it could be, it's actually this whole structure is behind and it's behind the whole thing of you know, drugs, sex, pornography. It's behind the whole thing of corruption. It's behind the whole thing of the violence that's going on. You know, we had those crazy riots in our country. Uh, you know, just a couple of summers ago. Uh, I mean, it was insane. They just literally, it was like someone had pressed a button and said, kill everyone or burn everything down. It came really close to the end of our road and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is crazy stuff. And, you know, we see stuff in the news. And so there's, there's stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So it's not just because there's a dictator, it's not because there's a sort of militia or whatever it is. Uh, even the ideology, it's all rooted behind the scenes of this structure that is intent on Steal, kill and destroy. That is its, that is its thing. Because we know that the Satan, Lucifer, the devil, is all, he is always after to rob, steal, kill, destroy, annihilate. He just doesn't want, he doesn't like human beings. Okay? And so, whether, you're, whether, you, whether you know Jesus or not, whether you really want to know God or not, the truth is that you are still hated by these things behind the scenes and they want to destroy your life. But... God giving us, he's saying to us here, look, 
There are ways to overcome this or there are ways to resist this. There are ways to combat this. So if we can, step one, it's hard just obviously in a short period of time, but step one is, you know, we are in a battle. So if if you're someone who likes points, we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle, not a flesh and blood battle. Point two, okay? Don't know how many points we'll get, but we'll get a few. And I know some people like these sort of lists, so we're going we're gonna to do that. But you're in a battle, you're in a spiritual battle, but God has given us his armory, and he's given us, and there are sub- several things that are mentioned in here. There are more, so confidence is one of the things that we can use. Confidence in God, confidence in his power, confidence in his ability is something that we are told. It says, you know, don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. So confidence is something in here. We must have confidence if we're in these sorts of engagements, if you like, in this sort of battle that's going on. And so, but also we need to understand that whatever comes out of this heaven's armory, um, and what I want to do, actually, as I'm talking, it's just come to me, as I'm talking, if you just want to feel free to come up and just like put your hand on this or something, I just feel like there's quite a sense of God's presence around here. And so just put your hand on it or come near it or touch it and just start to ask God to take the things that you want to take. So just feel free to do that. I, I won't be disturbed by that while I'm talking. If you want to just come up and touch it and just by faith have a point of connection to receive some of the things that he wants you to have. <clears throat> so it says that we stand. We take up this armour of God. There is an armour that God has for us. There is a... There is a sense of actual, he's got something for us that he wants us to wear. He wants us to, now, if I try to wear something that is um, Emily's, that's not going to work, is it? That is not going to work. <laughs> I'm going to be like, that doesn't fit. <laughs> and so, whatever we come and get, it's, the sa- it's, it's made for us, tailor-made for us. So, you won't get what Fred gets, I won't get what John gets, Emily won't get what Amy gets. Everyone gets one that is made absolutely specifically for them. But they are the same sort of principles, if you like. But we, res- we, we, we have a different shape according to identity to according to our particular challenges. And so what are some of the things? Let's just look at some of the things that he talks about. Truth. Truth. It says about having a girded your waist of truth. Some say like a belt of truth. We have to speak, we have to speak truth, we have to be truthful people because if we're not truthful people we will immediately be aligned with the one that's the liar and we don't want to be, we don't want to be like that and we speak truth to ourselves as well so we take uh, scriptures, we take promises from God and we speak those truths to ourselves and that will actually, that acts as a it's, it's so funny for us to realise this in the particular Western culture to think that those words that we speak are so powerful. We don't get that necessarily in our culture. But we are told that the, uh, Satan, the enemy, the devil, is the prince of the power of the air. So he's, he's like, it's like he owns this stuff. God created it, but he kind of owns it almost. And so by us speaking truth into, uh, just to ourselves, to each other, and just as we're going through everyday life, as we're speaking truth and we're being honest, then that's, that actually forms a protection for us. Do you see what I'm saying? It makes us less vulnerable. Because if we start to tell untruths, it will make us really vulnerable. And we don't want that. And the second thing is he talks about is the breastplate of righteousness. And this is a, it's an interesting sort of concept. So you can imagine you put this, this breastplate over. And guess where it goes over? Yeah, it goes over your heart. 
guards your heart. And it's righteousness. It's a, it's an un, it's a, it's again, it's a funny word. What does that mean? It means that we are right with God. If we have made a commitment to God, we are right with God. Even if you've had the worst day, you are right with God. Jesus went to the cross once and for all. He's not going to go, oh no, Glenda messed it up. I've got to go to the cross again. Glenda is right with God. Thank goodness. Absolutely. And I'm right with God. And I might say something you don't like. I'm still right with God. You know, I might have a bad day with Anna. I'm still right with God. And you have to have that absolutely nailed. And that's why I said to John about like talking about the blood of Jesus. It's like, who wants to hear about red sticky stuff? You know, but actually the red sticky stuff is the thing that causes us to have that confidence that, yeah, I have been made right with God. I can access God's throne at any point, 24-7, just because of the cross. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me at all. It's all to do with him. So when Jesus went to the cross, he opened up that way once and for all. I was talking to someone the other day, and he's, uh, he was a young guy, and I was chatting. It was a really co- it was a good conversation. And he said, so let me get this straight. You're saying you believe that someone was brutally murdered and then came back to life and he's now in another place which we can't see and that's the one you're following. I went, yeah, kind of. <laughs> he went, well, that's kind of crazy and also kind of cool. <laughs> so I'm not sure quite where he'll land. but uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so we've got the, so we've got the, um, the truth thing okay? and then we've got this breastplate of righteousness. So we've got this other part that is this righteousness. We have to know they were right with God. So can I just say, like, who feels right now they're right, they're right with God? Yeah, some of us. The moment we make a decision and say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life, we are made right with him. Now, there might be stuff to sort out. There always is. There's always baggage. And God's always sorting me out for the next, the lo- next round of baggage that needs to be removed. But I am right with him. And you are right with him if you've made that commitment. And you have to be utterly com- you have to be convinced of that. Otherwise, this stuff just doesn't work. Because as soon as you start to think, well, I'm going to challenge this, or I'm gonna, I want to really um, deal with this sort of stuff in my life or in the life of others, as soon as you do that, one of the first things that will happen is the enemy will start to make you want to doubt your right standing with God. Because if you lose that, then you feel, um, you, know, you get timid, you don't, you know, it's like, I, I don't feel I can do this, and maybe God's not with me, and etc., etc. And you, you can't have that happen. You have to be absolutely convinced that you have been made right with God. So just look at your neighbour and say, I, have, I am right with God right now. Look to someone in, next to you and say, I am right with God right now and tomorrow. Yeah. I think it's something that we, we I don't know, we sort of think, oh, well, you know, it's good enough for today, but it's not good enough for tomorrow. I mean, God knows everything we're going to do anyway. And he still says, you are the righteousness. So when he looks at me, and this isn't being blasphemous, but when he looks at me, he sees, he sees Jesus because Jesus lives in me. The David is dead. Jesus is alive in David, living his life. And that is the truth. And so he looks at me, and I could have, had the, I could have done the worst thing, and he still looks at me because there might be consequences for things I do. But as far as God is concerned, I am right with him. So we need to be really clear on that. Then having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And again, it's it's peace. Now peace, Jesus said to us, that peace I give to you, peace not as the world gives. Okay? And so 
this peace that he talks about here and that when he talks about in other places where my peace I give to you and he breathed on them and they received the peace, received peace cannot be just the absence of worry because the world can work out how not to worry. So it must be something different, yes? So the peace that he talks about is actually a substance, a, 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 a weight, an actual reality of substance that he, because if he breathed, my, my peace I give to you. Or when he when he just, uh, you know, he speaks to the storm, there's that, you know, the peace, be still. And so we need to, we need to realise that it's not about us working up about being free from worry or anxiousness. And I know that, you know, I said this the other day, you know, you might be panicking five hours a day, but let's see if we can get it down to four and a half hours a day or four hours and 59 minutes a day and gradually increase. It's not like suddenly go. But this peace is something that he actually gives to us. It's not something we have to work on. So he looks at John and he says, John, my peace, I give to you. And he actually, imp- he actually gives him something in part. It's like a substance. It's something that, it's, again, it's hard for us to sometimes get hold of because we're so used to trying to work this stuff out ourselves. But he's given us a gift. So one of the things that comes from here is peace. Peace is a weapon. Peace is a weapon and a defense. It's a, it's a, it's a defense because it does stop us worrying. It does... Stop, stop the anxiousness or it certainly can minimise it and dial it down if you like but also <coughs> the enemy hates peace so when we start to have that greater peace he'll back, he, he backs off he doesn't like it he doesn't like it and we, we know that because it says in another scripture it says the God of peace will shortly crush Satan under your feet and so you know if I was about to crush something under my feet I think like the God of war or the God of battle or the God of, you know, whatever. But actually, it was the God of peace who did that. And so you can imagine this, the God of peace coming and he's crushing and he's just pushing this thing back because Satan hates peace. He's never going to experience peace again. But it's something that we don't have to work on. And that's the, so you, you, you just have to sort of somehow get before God and go, God, you said you're going to give me peace. So lay it on me. Just lay this peace on me. Because you told me that's what's due to me. You told me this is what I can have. So I'm coming to the armory, I'm coming to your throne, whatever, whatever connection point you want, and ask him for peace. So your mind's going all over the place, you're perhaps being tempted to do all sorts of stuff. So God, please, can you give me your peace? It's not just stop worrying, it's, it's a substance. It's something that actually comes from heaven. And in this instance, it's talking about the, 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 the feet. So where you go, you bring peace. So in your workplace... You know, if you have a desk, a phone, a door handle, you release your peace onto these things. You go, that's a bit tree huggery. No, Jesus said, you go into a town. This is Discipleship 101. Jesus telling the disciples, this is what you do. You go into a town, you find somewhere, and you, you, you stay there. It's like I'm with Fred and Glenda. I stay there, and as I'm, walking, as I'm there, I'm letting my peace... Not Jesus, my peace, because Jesus has given it to me, rest on their home. And I know if that peace is lifting off or whether it's staying on. And with them, I'm very glad to say it's staying on. But it, he's, and, he's, and that was when we get the next part, which you might have heard, is like, and if, you, if it, the peace returns to you, then just go off and, you know, shake your dust off your feet and move on. But it's, just, it's an echo sounder. So we have this peace that God has given us, and we can then pass this peace on to other things and also know it, know by releasing it whether it's coming back to us. Isn't that incredible? That is an incredible statement that we, 
we miss so much and work in particular with businessmen. I say, well, did you have peace about that? No. Well, why the heck did you do it, dummy? We're given this peace for a reason. You're given a peace to, 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 move, to, to have as a gift, as a defensive, but also as unoffensive. So we, we actually use this to quell some storms. We use this to um, lead our way almost. And it's a free gift and it's in the armoury. That's good preaching, David. That's good preaching. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, what about the shield of faith? Oh my goodness! What is, that's a, like that. You, that's the whole. That's like a month subject. Faith, faith. Okay. Well, first of all, we're all at different parts of our faith journey, aren't we? I remember the first thing I prayed for. You know, I was amazed that I actually got it. And it was like, wow, that's incredible. But and it was a small thing. But that was, I, then I wondered, well, well what else, how else does this thing work? Can I ask for bigger things? Can I, can I you, know, what had, you know, what is this? And we're, we're all at different parts of our journey and it talks in other parts of Scripture about, you know, you, you prophesy according to your faith, you teach according to your faith. It's the, we've, all, we've all got different levels of faith and that's not a problem. There is such a thing as gift of faith and the gift of faith is amazing because it's just like suddenly you just can you know believe for the world and you you can get it. Like you look at a property, I want that property, and you get it. It's just like wow, and that's a particular different thing. But for all of us, as we're walking in faith, how do we how do we pick up what this shield of faith is? Is it just we go everything's going to be okay? Is that is that the shield of faith? No, it's not. It's the sense that we are pressing into God to get things that we need for ourselves and others on that journey. And that can include his presence. That can include things. I mean, I, just a stupid example, okay? And this, is, uh, this is when John said today, like, give thanks for everything. So I'm flying over on a plane and I'm just sitting there and thinking, oh God, I'd really love a cookie right now. And as I'm doing that, this stewardess comes up who we talked to a couple of times and she'd fix my screen because I couldn't work it. And when I pressed it hard, I woke up the lady in front of me so I was in right trouble. And um, she said, oh, I didn't want my... We were just going on a staff break now, but I didn't want my cookies, so I thought I'd bring it to you. I'm like, that's... You know, well, that doesn't change the world. But that's, you know. And then I, thought, I, so I was buoyed up by this. So I said, Lord, I don't want to have to... United, this is a miracle, okay? I got food for free on United. I mean, that is... Forget walking on water. I have, I have arrived. <clears throat> so I'm on the journey from where it is to Chicago. Uh, no, Chicago to here. And um, I, sit, I sit down and I'm thinking, blow it, they've got no food. I bet they've got no food on here. It's a four and a half hour journey. And because the other plane was late, I'm like, ah. So I'm sitting there saying, Lord, I really want some, f- yeah, I want some food, you know. And um, so as the lady goes past, I said, um, are you going to feed me? And she looks at me, she said, well, I don't want to study like that. I said, I'm really hungry. I need some food. And she went, oh, okay. So she sort of goes off. She said, what would you like? I said, I don't know. Have you got like a Thai, Thai chicken or something like that? And she went, oh, I don't know. So she searched through. came out. She said, oh, the computer's not working yet. You just have it. So I thought, again, miracle two from United. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> and um, then when I got to Vancouver, uh, <coughs> getting on the, on the metro, I'm standing there and... Um, I'm thinking, Lord, it'd be really cool if someone just gave me their ticket. Because I, you know, wouldn't that be just cool? Just like, that's a welcome to Vancouver from, the he- from heaven. Standing there, someone comes up and naps on my shoulder. Do you want my ticket? Now, these are small, mundane things, but that gives me faith. And it shows me how God, you know, God's, his love, his, de- his detail. And so when we have these, when, this, when we read these sorts of things, 
It doesn't have to be some great big thing. So start to stretch your faith from where it is. Okay? So if you can... If, and, and it is about stuff. It's because actually they're the things that get us, get our attention. So, you know, <clears throat> if you need a pair of socks, it could be that basic. Ask God for a pair of socks and keep asking him until that arrives. And you, and you grow and you develop. Or ask a pair, a pair of socks for someone else who needs one. Do you know what I mean? You can start with really small things. But do it. And even if you don't know him, try him. Ask him things. Because this church has been established not on your prayers. This church has been established on the prayers of the people out there that don't know him yet, that need hope and need help. It's their prayers that's established this, not, not all our prayers. It's the prayers of the people that are going, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to... All those... They're the, God help me, even if they don't know God. They're, they're the prayers that have also worked with yours to establish this place. And so we... we and as, so as we grow in faith, we, 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 we have that sense of Listen, when the devil comes at me and lies to me that God doesn't love me, he doesn't care for me, he doesn't, he's never going to provide, he's not alive, you know, God's not dead, God, God's dead, he's not interested in you, he's interested in everyone else but you. Who's everyone thought of that? Anyone, you know, walk into a room, who's he going to go to? Certainly not me. And if he does, he'll have a go at me. You know, that's some of our attitude, isn't it? And he's so, so these things, all those things help to build that shield of faith. So it's not a kind of amorphous oh, I'm going to somehow pick up the shield of faith and, you know, somehow, whatever. It's, it's stuff that we build into our lives from where we are and we just grow bit by bit, bit by bit. We might have a spurt forward. We might have a bit of a, a you know, a bit of a dial back sometimes. We lose some ground, but we just keep on going and we keep on going and we, you know, we, we, we believe that God can provide or that whether it's a breakthrough in terms of, some of the, you know, John was talking about healing and stuff, or whether it's just things as well. And we do it in small ways. Is that okay? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, well, the only, the only way we're going to do this thing is with understanding God's promises. We need to know what God's like. Is God good? Is he a good God? Is he always a good God? doesn't matter what's going on. Is he always a good God? If we have, if we, we, need, to under, we need to take hold of some of the promises, and it depends where we are, I think, in our kind of um, walk and journey with him but, and what particular things we're facing. But you know, if you don't read your Bible, you're going to be a weak Christian. If you don't we- read your Bible, it's going to unlikely that you will move into the plans and purposes and destiny that he has for you. And that is not a read your Bible 10, you know, 10 minutes a day. That is a you should want to because you want to move into the things God's got for you. How can he put you into things if you don't really know who he is? And the way we get to know who he is and what he's like and what he's like for us is by reading our Bible. But, you know, that's a struggle for some people. So break it into like bite-sized chunks. Take just a few parts and take the things like Gideon's. You know, they have the things at the back with the Gideon's Bibles. They have the, uh, like a few scriptures at the back which are particular themes. So if, you're, if you need particularly strength or you need comfort or whatever it is. So you can start with themes. Start with something. So you, you actually start to read it and you get it into you, and you start to realise. And so when things happen, and you know, the enemy comes and he says something, or your thought pattern, or someone else says something, you've got a response to that. Because, oh, hold on, because in the scripture it says this. Or, well, there was a time when God did that. So even the thing I said about behind the scenes, it's like, you know, it's because we know the Bible story. It's like, well, God did it that. He, imagine that when you, if what you're facing, 
He is at work behind the scenes. He's doing something. And, and so these things can all help us to put this armour on us and to fend off the devil, but also push forward against, which I know is what most of us want here. We want to push forward against. We want to see breakthrough. We want against addiction, against all the things we're facing, against sickness, against um, <clears throat> you know, poverty. Poverty is a biggie. Poverty, by the way, is not just about money. Poverty is, an, uh, uh, you're powerless to move towards God's purpose for your life. It's like you, the, 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 the power to move towards him has just been pulled away from under you the whole time. Money is one part of it, but it's a much bigger. The spirit of poverty is not just about money. The spirit of poverty wants to take you away from God's plans and purposes for you. So everything just gets taken away. Opportunities get snatched at the last minute. It's just horrible. So the word of God, and not just reading it, but speaking it, speaking it out. I was a, there was a guy that um, I heard this about this years ago, and he used to, when he read the Bible, he used to fall asleep. So he started speaking the Bible, and he starts to fall asleep. So he's like, what can I do? So in the end, the only way he could stay awake and read the Bible was by standing in a bath of cold water. But for him, it was that important, and he did it. And that man was Jesse Duplantis who's a great preacher, you know, amazing preacher now. That's how he started. He's like, stand in this cold water because I'm going to fall asleep, I don't take it in, I don't, you know, and I just need to pursue after this thing. So how important is it to you? I'm hoping that as we're reading it, and I know, you know, you're a Bible-believing church, but often in even in these churches, a lot of us are not reading our Bible, a lot of us are not in a sort of program, if you like, of our own, or whether we've read through, you know, U, U version or the, you know, some app or whatever, where we are taking in the Bible. But we also need to speak it out. Remember, we need to speak it out because we need to get our mouth used to saying it. Because then, when we start to have the cycle of whatever coming at us or this, this sort of battle that we talk about, this structure that's against us, we can go no because God said this, or no because this is how He did it in this situation, and you speak it out. And I know that might feel a bit strange to some people, but it's something that. Uh, you know, Jesus did it, so why shouldn't we? <laughs> Jesus was the Word of God, and he spoke the Word of God, and where he went, the atmosphere became the Word of God, because the Word of God dwelt in him. He was the Word made flesh. And God wants the Word made us to be the Word made flesh. So where we go, I mean, I've got some particular, like Psalm 24, particularly, you know, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and it goes all on about, you know, who can ascend the hill of the Lord and the armies of heaven and everything. And that's my, almost my inheritance scripture. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And when I go places, that's what I want the atmosphere to recognize, that that's what's coming into this, this place. And then the um, final thing, because I know we want to get the lake. Um, <laughs> I was down there. It was too hot. It was so hot. I had factor 585, I'm sure, on, and it was still too hot. <laughs> I'm not used to this heat. <laughs> Finally, prayer, and we've talked a bit about it, uh, obviously in the faith thing and in the in the, uh, the Bible we speak it out. But but prayer, what is what is prayer? What is prayer really? It's just talking to God. We, you know, it, again, I guess this church is less religious than some, but we've all got this, you know, way of approaching God. We use our particular language sometimes, and He just wants us to hang out with Him. He wants us to be very honest with Him as well. There are times where I have absolutely let rip at God about things that have happened. Life and death stuff. And he loves it. He'd rather me be honest. And he'd rather me take it out on him than someone else. And that's prayer. 
because ultimately you come to a point where he'll either speak or he'll reassure or something or, and you've just got all that anger and, and just this angst out of you and you've given it to God and he's going, thank goodness you've done it to me and not to your neighbour, not to your wife, not to your kids, not to your pastor, whatever it is, you've taken it out on me. He is the, he is the only one in the universe that can take all our crap, if I can say that word. So you, you be honest with him. That's where relationship grows. Tell him how you feel about stuff. Be really brutally honest. And he can, ta- he can absolutely take it. And he knows anyway. I think sometimes, if, just, just be real with me, David. Just be real. Come on. Don't put that fuzzy language on. Just be real with me. Tell him how you feel. You hate this, don't you? I suggest I absolutely hate it. Well, tell me you hate it. I hate it. I really hate it. Come on, let it out of you. Let it out so that you're getting that. Because if you walk into these things, these conflicts with all this, this stuff which we could have given to God, and I'm talking about prayer here, you could have given it to him in prayer. You could have kind of loosened some of the tension in prayer. If you start to try to confront, then immediately you're going to get whack because he's got that entry point into you. He's got that entry point, you know, whatever the structure is, if it's, you know, if it's hate that we're fighting against and that, we've got it out in our heart. It's just an entry point right in and we, we lose before we know. Does that make sense? The other thing, though, it says, which is part of the armour, is being praying for all the saints. So I, used, well, I went through a time when, whether you like Benny Hinn or Reinhardt Bonnke or not, um, I don't actually care, but when I was, uh, I had bad times, I used to pray for Reinhardt Bonnke. So I'd be going through a really rough time and I go, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. I don't, know, da, da, da. don't, don't feel happy. Don't feel like. Don't like you. You don't like me. But I'm going to pray for Reinhard Bonnke. Lord, you like Reinhard Bonnke. Father, you absolutely love Reinhard, and you, he's doing amazing work. And I bless him, and I pray for him, and I, I'm praying according to your thing. You pray for the saints because that's part of the armour. So I'm going to start to pray for Reinhard Bonnke, and I did. And normally, just things would start. To, you know, my mind would go off what I was worried about, and whatever, and then the other thing, when Reinhard Bonnke wasn't quite so faint, I went for Benny Hinn, so I started praying for Benny Hinn. You can pray for anyone, pray for someone in the church. I pray for people in the church as well, but it's more fun. It's almost like I feel like it's one in the eye for the enemy to pray for someone who's really doing some amazing stuff. And um, <laughs> so I used to... Uh, <laughs> but these are all... I'm hoping that I'm bringing some of the, the stuff that we... the language that is used here into a very accessible point for us. And I might make, you know, might make jokes and stuff, but it's, it's, it, if, if we will do these seemingly mundane things, then that's when the bigger things start to happen. And I could tell you story after story after story after story of people who have started with just doing something. They've done something in their workplace. They've, they've started to pray for their workplace and something amazing happens. Or something happens that's, they, they, that's beyond what they could imagine. And you just don't know. You just don't know. Until you do it, you don't know. And we're told to do it. So we have to do it. And we don't do it often because we don't realise what we're up against. But if we know what we're up against, I tell you, if, you, if we actually knew, really, like, even sort of 50% of our lives, we were, walked with the awareness that we are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I mean, that's enough to make you shudder. You'd be doing this stuff. You'd be speaking, you'd be reading your Bible, you'd be... God, lay the peace on me. Lay the peace on me. I need this peace. You know, give me the sword of the Spirit. I need to speak the Bible. I need, to, I need to do these things. I need to grow in faith. Help me to grow in faith. Help me to, you know, this month be doing this, next month be doing that. I had the most, I went back to a church um, 
that uh, we were in years ago, uh, Anna and I, and I went back and I met all the people and I, just my heart sunk. They were just the same as they were. They're just the same. Ten years, you know, for actually London, 15 years later. And they're just the same. I was like, God, really? Please. Same little, you know, going around the same old stuff. And we, we, we want to grow. Do we, uh, do we all want to grow? Do you think we can do this stuff if we, try to, if we try to make it accessible enough for us to do? I'm sure most of you are doing it already. So maybe you need to go and tell another church this. But, um, you know, let's, let's just do it. And let's hold each other accountable to it, you know. And I know the armour of God, perhaps to some people, has been a bit of a rich, you know, I'm going to put my armour on. Da, da. It's not about standing there and just saying, literally, physically putting my armour on. It's about doing the things that the, each part of the re- armour represents. Otherwise, you're in unreality. It's not about, you know, I'm going to put my helmet salvation on. I'm going to. And the salvation thing, obviously, to know that we're saved. Know that, like, it's almost like if you start to worry about your salvation, you're okay. If you don't worry about it, if you don't worry about losing it, it's like, I want to have a conversation with you. But if you're worried about it, it's like, well, that that's almost certainly means you're okay because you're worried about it, so it's a value to you. Do you, do you see what I mean? So if anyone here suddenly go, well, I worry that I've lost my salvation, this, you haven't. Because if you're worrying about it, there's no way you've lost it. And even if you're not worrying about it, you probably haven't because we can have a conversation and you perhaps you didn't value what it was that God had done for whatever reason. But we can all do this stuff wherever we are. And if you don't know him this morning, you've got an opportunity. I'm happy to pray with you. I'm sure other leaders uh, and just ask God to really encounter you. But um, even if you don't know him, you're up against this stuff. And you can um, do some of these things. Start to talk to God about it. Yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, you can, you can do it as well. And see what happens. See what happens. Anyway, so let's just pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for heaven's armory. Thank you for everything that you've given us, Lord. Father, I pray that um, each one of us, wherever we are in our journey with you, that you will help us to access the things of heaven in a very simple way. And Lord, even if we can't get hold of all those things just right now, that you'll give us the ability to just get hold of one of them and build on that, Lord, and see change, see fruit, see development, see growth, see, see strength. Be strong, be strong in the Lord and in his might with the whole armour of God. So Father, that we'll see extra strength, additional strength, additional ability to stand against all the things that go on in our lives and the lives of others. So Father, I just thank you for all the stuff you've given us and I, I just pray for uh, this church. I pray that uh, every member of this church and every person that comes here will start to be able to grow in these things, be able to understand more about the, the ways of your spirit, Father. And there will be an increase of uh, healing, an increase of word speaking, an increase of faith, Father. Increase in all these areas that we have spoken about. In Jesus' name.